Yeah, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome fantasy football. Bit of a special strategy show here, breaking down postseason best ball over there on Underdog, where if you haven't signed up yet, uh, would definitely recommend you do so because it's not just football. They've got everything over there. Uh, awesome is the promo code A-W-E-S-E-M-O. Get up to $100 first match deposit bonus when you sign up. But uh, yeah, they've got a ton of live drafts, pickums where you can up to uh, 20 extra entry and a whole lot of other stuff. But we're here today to talk a little bit about postseason best ball, monster prizes. You got the gauntlet, 200,000 up top, million dollar prize pool. So I'm Dave Lockman. Let's dive into this. And as join, joining us, this is exciting for the first time, is James Bremacombe, who is a, let's call him a best ball expert, one might suggest. James, what's going on, man? Glad to have you on the show with me. Help us break this down and navigate through a really tricky uh, structure when it comes to getting into strategy for this postseason best ball stuff. Yeah, no, thanks, Lafay. Yeah, it's, I'm awesome, most the best out there, and I'm excited just to be able to talk best ball and the gauntlet, uh, underdog in general. It's just a big part of, of my uh, fantasy plan throughout the last year and last couple of years, to be honest. So I, I really like the, the playoff structure and being able to attack that for best ball as well. So it really, best ball just never sleeps. It keeps going and going. Um, NFL, playoffs, all the other sports. So I'm here for it. <laughs> and if you guys have questions, uh, you already threw it in the chat, uh, James, but throw it in chat. If you haven't done so yet, we'll hit on some of that throughout the show. Uh, this is new to a lot of people. I've done, I've played a lot of postseason uh, fantasy football in the past, and I've actually had really great success with it, James. But this is smaller pools, not best ball where you're drafting. You're actually, and I'm sure you're familiar with some of these, like the postseason leagues where you 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 pick your team where you you can only you know you you, you can pick one lineup, you keep it the entire postseason. So the, the, in theory, the idea is the same, that you're trying to build a lineup to where you're getting the teams into the Super Bowl uh, and you still have players going at the end. But in this case, it's a little bit different because you're not picking who you want. I mean, you, I already did a couple this morning. You drafted 300 uh, for the mitten earlier, the mitten and the mitten two, which was the $5 entry. That's what makes it a, a whole lot trickier from a strategy or a strategic standpoint is you're looking to stack teams but you can get sniped immediately if you come out there and you grab, you know, a Kelsey or a Hill uh, coming back around and getting him a Holmes is going to be tough. I think the same thing applies for a Brady and a lot of, other, of these others. And you're also talking about some really good players that might not be on very good teams. So I, I think all of that's worth breaking down. But before we dive into that, first off, hit that thumbs up. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us as always. When it comes to this and you're looking at the payout structure and the way that it's set up, uh, and the way that rosters are, is there anything that when you go into it, like as far as a game plan goes, what are you game planning for when you set up each one of your drafts? I know you've done a ton of that. Yeah. And, and that's why I kind of like the volume uh, and the mittens, they were five bucks a piece. And I could just, I could just keep trying to play every angle, every combination I could um, try to be a little different on some of those. Um, but I'm, I'm basically telling myself a story when I, when I'm drafting and the first few rounds are going to be quick and you're not going to get the players exactly how you want them. So you kind of have to adjust pretty quickly, um, especially in this gauntlet. Now that the teams are all set for, we know who's going to be in the playoffs and who they're playing, the matchups, the seating, everything. So what I'm looking to do right now is to, to kind of piece together what 
kind of four or five, six teams that I really like to, to make a run at the conference finals. Cause those are the players uh, I want to build around. I want to stack around. Um, so I want to get like five to seven of those kind of players and then kind of these onesie players, maybe uh, Hunter Renfro or Jacobs or some of the Philly guys or Pittsburgh guys, maybe to fill in the back end if I need to get over the hump in, in, in round one. Like maybe I need need somebody to fill in for me. It's, yeah, so. That was kind of one of the questions, right? When you're doing this, there are going to be good players. And we'll talk about getting into to, to, to the odds here. You know, the odds to win the AFC uh, conference or to win the NFC uh, to get to the Super Bowl, all of that stuff, because it's going to play pretty heavily into into how we approach this. But how do you because that's kind of the easy part. You're attacking those teams. Right. How are you attacking teams like Philly or say Pittsburgh, where you have a Najee Harris, right? They're 12 and a half point road dogs in Kansas City coming up for wild card weekend. But is Najee Harris the type of guy that could rip off a 30 fantasy point game that you're getting later in this draft because he hasn't or because they're not expected to advance, um, right? Or we'll get into one or two quarterbacks. There's so much to talk about. But there are a few of those teams that probably aren't likely to go that far, but do have some players on them. I think Najee's probably the best example of someone that's very good, elite volume, but not on a team that's expected to advance. Yeah, no, for sure. You want to consider those players, um, especially in this format where it's, uh, round one in the gauntlet is uh, only one out of six teams are advancing out of that round. So you're going to have to put up a big score. Like if you if you think the Packers are going to the Super Bowl and you want to take four Packers, that leaves you six spots on your team. So maybe that's where you go, Najee Harris, right? Maybe maybe if you can land uh, with your first three round picks, you, you get Devontae Adams, you get Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones, or maybe you get Dylan later. So you get those three positions, you lock them in, um, but you're not going to get any points the first round. So now you're down to a seven-man roster. So that's when you want to put in Harris, the back end of, of your draft, and you're hoping he hits a 20-point fantasy game to give you a bump over your opponents or maybe you're going with a Buffalo or a Dallas stack um, and have, have 10 players all going in the first round. So, yeah, you're definitely going to have to – to play that angle for sure. Um, and also, yeah, if you went with uh, Buffalo or Dallas or Tampa or any of those teams that are starting right out week one of, of the playoffs, you still want to consider those kind of players too, just, just to give you a bump and, and you, you want the highest score possible in that first week. You had a great article too, free over at awesome.com. Mike, I just linked you that. Uh, it's like, you can throw that into chat if you'd like as well. Uh, this kind of outlining the strategy and, and certain important points. One thing that, that you touched on, and I want to dig a little bit deeper into is where you said point two was be bold. Do not draft scared. Right. And I find this mm -hmm. interesting because yes, you're obviously trying to do that. Uh, you, you don't want to, you don't want to go necessarily insane with some of these, but is there value in being contrarian with some of these teams with long odds to advance, but you're going to be getting them late in your draft. So let's say you already have like a Mahomes stack, right? A chief stack and you've landed that, or you ended up with a Brady Evans and Gronk, which I've been targeting a lot of early on, but also you get later into the draft and you say, okay, at this point, there isn't really much room to stack these good teams. So I'm either one offing or should I say, all right, I've got a chief stack 
and there's an NFC team that, you know, isn't being, that, that has a low ADP that's not being drafted heavily, just given the overall likelihood that they advance, which is really low. Can we look at that and say, you know what, maybe I do stack them. I got a quarterback from, and, and a stack from the NFC. It's a cheaper one. And then I got a top stack from the AFC uh, and, and the off chance that they meet in the Super Bowl. I've got a lot of my guys still going and I didn't pay much for that second stack. Is that something that you've considered? Yeah, definitely for sure. Like I've considered every kind of angle on this. Um, but yeah, just like you said there, I, I think one, say if you like your example of going Mahomes and you go Mahomes, you're not going to get be able to get both uh no, no chance Kelsey and Hill. Like you're going for like so, a Pringle or something later, too, you know, or right. And, and that's what I would say. You get Mahomes, you get one of those, you get the tight end or or Tyreek, and so then you have the two there. Um, the, the running backs are easy to get in KC, so you're yep. gonna be able to get one of those. Um, but then yeah, but then you can get Pringle, you can get Hardman, you can get Robinson, like you can get those guys late. So maybe you still get a KC stack with six players. Um, and then, and then, then you just go to the NFC side and you're, and you're looking for maybe two stacks on the NFC side of two players to, to go with that. So then if chiefs make the super bowl, you're good. And then you have two shots at the NFC to, to make it. So that, that's kind of the basic strategy that, that when I first started drafting these, that's kind of how I'd always, always build my teams. I, I feel too, like you mentioned the, the chiefs running backs. How much, how worried are you about correlation from a pass catching standpoint when really the correlation here is more so just getting through to the next round, right? Like if you're talking about regular best ball, you might not want to be stacking uh, a, a, a running back that's not necessarily a premier pass catcher with the quarterback and two of his receivers. But in, in postseason best ball, that kind of goes out the window, right? Because if you have Clyde Edwards-Alaire on a team that's gotten and isn't on a bye, that's gotten through every round into the Super Bowl, he's accruing points every single week, even if all of them aren't attached to Patrick Mahomes. No, no, definitely correct. So another angle I like even, even going a little bit further is say I only want one quarterback. I want it if I get Mahomes, and then I'm all right just with running back. You only have to start one running back to get both of those KC running backs. Sure. And you and don't even draft another running back because you're already betting on Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. If you take Mahomes, you're betting on the Chiefs exactly. are going all the way to the Super Bowl. So you lock in Mahomes, and then you lock in both running backs, and you never have to pick on those positions again. Um, then your next seven picks, those other seven picks, you could you could stack a few more KC guys, or you could just hit the NFC and maybe do like three team stack or three team stacks or two stacks with three players from an NFC team. So that's that's another way to do it. Um, so I think the double running backs, I think like Elliott and Pollard are interesting if you want to do it on the Dallas one, um, different things like that. But it's kind of frowned upon to do that in a regular any DFS or anything like that. But I really like in the playoff setup to actually stack, look for stacks for quarterbacks and running backs, because I think that is it locks. You want to lock in the offense. You don't want to lock in per se. I'm hoping Mahomes throws three touchdowns exactly. to, Will to Williams, but that doesn't matter. You just want the, the you want them to advance and then yeah. you're getting points no matter what. So, and we have Nolan Kelly uh, with some good questions. I'll get to them in a second. If you guys do have any questions too, hit us up uh, in the chat. Like I said, this is, there's the format that a lot of people are unfamiliar with. So one of the biggest, I, I think points of contention with a lot of people will be, do you draft one or two quarterbacks? Can you do some lineups with one? Can you do some lineups with two? On one hand, 
I understand you only have 10 roster spots. You're trying to maximize the amount of skill positions that you get through. But on the other hand, is there also not something to be said about if you draft two quarterbacks, you still have eight skill players, but given that you have two quarterbacks, now you're allowing yourself through each round, another opportunity not to have a completely dead position. So on one side or the other, if you have two quarterbacks, one gets eliminated, you still have another, you likely still have a stack with them and you put yourself in a spot to continue advancing. Uh, or are you looking at this as, as one quarterback and I'm just going to go all out and hope that they get to the Super Bowl? Um, I, I think it goes back to that first in the article. Don't, don't draft scared, right? If you start drafting scared, yeah, you're always going to want to take two quarterbacks. You're always going to want to play it safe. Like that's just like, oh, if my one quarterback goes out in week one and or he gets hurt or whatever, he just has a bad game and it turns into a running game. He's only going to score so many points. So I like having the backup quarterback to kind of bump me up. But that that just goes back to maybe you're drafting a little too scared, especially for uh, a tournament like has such a big payday at the end of it. You, the, the end goal should be trying to, to, to get to the end. So um, does that mean that you not to cut you off, James, no. but to follow up on that? Does that mean that if you have you know, Devontae Adams and you have Aaron Jones, uh, are you not are you not even targeting Green Bay? Because in the event that you are going with like a, a, a Henry and A.J. Brown stack or a, or a Green Bay stack, you won't have a quarterback in the first round. So how do you approach something like that where you have two teams with some of the, the, the preeminent players in the postseason that you might want have to have some of them on your rosters? Yeah, definitely. If you're going with Green Bay or Tennessee, you're going to have to take two quarterbacks. Um, but and that's easy. You wait to the 10th round and you just take whatever starting quarterbacks that you like best at the end. Right. Hope, probably a Jalen Hurts, you know, in round 10 where he runs for two touchdowns and he's going to save your save your that's lineup. A great point. Yeah. So that's well, it Hurts seems like the best option in that spot. Right. Because you have that that building upside with his legs where even if he gets eliminated in round one, you can still get a huge game from him against the Bucs. Yeah, and if you miss out on Hurts, I mean, you got Derek Carr. Derek Carr, we've seen that. I mean, he is one of the most underrated quarterbacks. He just checks the ball, and he's going to get you some points and just to tie you over. So, that, yeah, I, I think you have to try some Green Bay stacks. You have to. Have to. Tennessee is like, I'm a little bit on edge on there, but, I, yeah, I think you still have to do a few of those as well. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay has the, the best odds to make the Super Bowl right now. I mean, he'll still have to get through Brady, but uh, these teams will travel through Green Bay in the frozen tundra, as it's been dubbed, and you just have so many good players. I mean, we don't need to get into the weeds with certain players, but even an Aaron Jones, who's not being drafted all that high, you have to think a lot of them uh, limiting him in the, in the regular season was saving him for the postseason. When you have a guy like Dylan, he does catch passes too, which like we talked about, it doesn't necessarily matter that much if they just get there. But it's, I, th I think the interesting thing about a team like Green Bay to me, James, is they have such a concentrated offense that, and I know that MVS and Lazard will get there once in a while. They got a couple other peripheral guys that can put up some numbers. But like Lazard, you can just draft super late. And you know that if you have a, a Rodgers, Jones, and Devontae Adams, that if they do get through, it, it's going to be huge. You just have to get through the first round. So I think that's a great point that you make. Why not go to a Jalen Hurts late? Have you seen him going 10th round, like ninth, 10th round? 
Yeah, like I've even actually seen Kyler Murray go ninth, tenth round. That's a great <laughs> so, point. Yeah. So, so the interesting part about this, a lot of what we're talking about, one quarterback. How many teams are in the playoffs? Right, we got fourteen teams. We have what 12, 12 game or twelve teams playing round one. So, so if if everyone's only doing one QB, like there's going to be six quarterbacks, seven, eight quarterbacks left left there at the end. So. So it's not even, you don't even have to worry about it. So it's kind of like regular season as well. When you're, you're waiting on those later quarterbacks, you can, it helps your draft earlier. You're getting better players at running back, better players at receiver, and, and you're building a stronger team. Dave Gettleman just retired. That's going to make a lot of people in New York very happy. <laughs> I, you know, one of the things that I think that helps what help people a lot. And even myself looking at this, diving into to postseason best ball is the fact that every player you draft doesn't need to be someone that you expect to be in the Super Bowl, especially when you're looking at rounds like this. So whether it's a Hertz or a, a late round Kyler Murray, there's going to be a lot of, of players out there that'll give you that type of upside. When you're if you're just looking at like an overall build for yourself and you are looking to, to multi enter, right? So you have a ton of entries in here. How much of it, how much of it is just trying to really spread out your exposure or how much of it is, as you said, not being afraid and saying, you know what, these are the teams I'm betting on. I'm just going to target these teams heavily, try to stack them up. And then I will, and, and then a lot of, a lot of my lineups where I'm getting different will just be kind of differentiating with those later round guys. Yeah. Like, uh... <laughs> I think early on, I was just, I had to learn as I went. So early on, I was just loading up on Dallas and Buffalo. I just thought they were the easiest pass. And then I was like, I already have a hundred of these kind of same builds. So then right. I was just, I need to switch it up. I need, you know, lately I've been on the Bengals. I feel like the Bengals have a very good path to get to the conference finals. Like they would have to, who do they play? Vegas. They got Vegas, yeah. Vegas, and then probably likely Tennessee in Tennessee, which that's going to be a tougher game, but I could see them beating Tennessee. So, and then right there, you if they get by Tennessee, they're they're in the conference finals. So, and then who knows if it's Buffalo or KC they're against, but I, I would say that the way they're the offense is looking right now, they're running hot, everyone's healthy. Um, those are the kind of teams I'm looking for right now. I want those offenses that they're healthy and they're playing well going into the end of the postseason. So, and a lot of times too, I will, I, I looked for like a core of those kind of teams for maybe like six, seven, eight of my players. And then like two or three players I want to, to be different on. So like you said, at the end, so I'm looking for different players. Maybe I keep taking Pringle as my KC uh, flyer at the end. Let's go Robinson instead. I don't need, all the same bills with Pringle. Let's go Robinson. Maybe he gets a touchdown in one of the, any game along the way. Yeah. You know, how big are you willing to make these stacks? If you have 10, if you have 10 spots, like where do you get to a point where you've gone too far and now you've got so many players on this team that it's kind of just hurting you because there's like, what, what's the biggest stack you're willing to, to draft right now? Um, I'll do seven players from the same really? team. Yeah, Buffalo and Dallas are very easy to do that. You get Josh Allen and Diggs to start out your draft. You can get Singletary pretty easy. And and all those late Buffalo receivers, 
no one's going to draft them because they already are doing their own stacks. So I like, I like to do that with a huge Buffalo, but then I like to, uh, maybe I don't get Singletary. And then I say, I have Allen and five of the pass catchers in Buffalo. Then I go um, NFC side and I want three, three running backs from the NFC, all different teams. So that gives me Buffalo goes Super Bowl. I have six Buffalo guys and hopefully one of those NFC teams goes. And then I have a seven player stack in the Super Bowl. So, so one thing that is insanely tilting and you know, this and people watching that have played best ball know this is when you're building out a stack and, and you get sniped on a guy that, you know, like a quarterback that someone takes way too early. Right. And I don't think you always need, if we're talking the, if we're talking about like the mania, best ball mania or the poppy that we saw earlier in the year, you don't necessarily always need them to be stacked. Like you could still have good teams where I had a lot of T Higgins, Jamar chase, and someone would come in and draft Joe Burrow in like the sixth round uh, and not take Boyd. And he just have nobody. And it happens all the time. And there's a lot of people that don't even necessarily understand the concept of stacking, even in the postseason. So if you do come in and, and you grab like two of these pass catchers from a team and the quarterback gets sniped, uh, do you, are, are you okay with that? Or are you looking to maybe reach a little bit on one of these quarterbacks where in a spot like this, it feels like ADP is a whole lot less meaningful than it is. If you're doing these pre, you know, the, these preseason drafts where you're going in across the entire season and you're not talking about elimination games. No, that happens to everyone, right? That's happening all the time. It happens a little bit less in the playoff structure. I think just because people are so concentrated on getting their own stacks more so and then you're dealing with lesser teams um but yeah say if that instance you take chase and higgins and then the guy in front of you takes burrow yeah it pissed you off and and you have to adapt really quick you have to you have a 30 second timer so right. it, it could get you frustrated and you're just but you have to be ready you're like thinking it's like all right i'm going right to the nfc side now i have my bengal stack and I'm going to have to go maybe a Kyler Murray. I'm going to go Arizona, which, and that forces you to have some exposure to the Cardinals um, in some of your drafts or, or if Prescott's still there, sometimes he'll hang around later and Dallas is easier to stack too. So you, you grab those Bengals early burrow goes, and then you, you have to pivot quick. And yeah, so I'm going on the opposite conference and, and trying to look, see what quarterbacks available. And then I'm just hammering that team and ending my draft mentioned it earlier in the show, but uh, if you haven't signed up yet, uh, don't sign up before using the promo code. Awesome. get a hundred dollars when you sign up and deposit for the first time up to a hundred dollars when you sign up and deposit. So take advantage of that. The, uh, I believe the link is, it should be in the description. If it's not, Mike can, can throw it in there, but it should be. Uh, yeah, it is second one down. And James, your article is entirely free over at awesome.com. Mike's been throwing that up on the screen as well. I would definitely suggest you read that. Um, dude, not even to get off track here, but there's a lot that goes in the strategy for some of the, for this postseason best ball stuff. I mean, this is, this is one of the more complicated, I'd say, and comprehensive type of drafts that you're going to do if you play in fantasy. Oh yeah. It, it's rough. It, it's, it's not for the, I mean, even to start 25 bucks, it's not a small amount just to throw a few entries in, but I almost think you have to, I think you have to do, three or four entries and just get a feel for it. And then you come back and like, okay, well, let's see what happened, go through your draft and then kind of work out a plan in your head, how you want to attack it. 
So that that's kind of what any any best ball drafts I do. Like I'll do like five of them and not even look at rankings, any strategy, anything, and just kind of see how they go and then kind of go back, study them, see what different drafters are doing and kind of come up with my own strategy going forward. Yeah. And admittedly, the first few that I did today, getting ready for the show, um, I, I, I went into it obviously with an approach where I, I know I want to stack. I know I'm looking to get teams through the round, through the, the, through the first round, through the second round, but I hadn't really considered a few things that you talked about that you probably didn't consider early on, like drafting a Jalen hurts, uh, maybe in the 10th round as you're, if you're grabbing a second quarterback and, and you have a first round quarterback on a buy, like, like, uh, like a green Bay stack, there's, there's a lot of different ways here. And I guess when it comes to the rounds, how does that play into to how you're building lineups to get through the first round, second round, third round? I know you said in your article, you're looking to get to, what was it? The third round, right? And, yeah. And in, obviously you want to win. I'm not saying that, but you're saying once you get to the third round, you're now in a really good position. Uh, are there any ways to both, I shouldn't say play it safe, but play it kind of calculated in the sense that you're giving yourself a good shot to get there, but you also have a very high ceiling to, to, to win it all. I mean, it's 200 K up top. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely feel like you kind of have to mix both in. Like if you're not mixing both in, if you play too safe, yeah, maybe you're going to double up your money and, but you're going to be dead the next round. Um, but you can also play up kind of safe and, and build a team that's competitive in round one. But also if you get into the, the next few rounds, you're going to have a team that that's going to be at the top of the board. So I think, yeah, you definitely have to, you have to look for those upside players. I think even, so we talked about the quarterbacks drafting one, right? We only want to take one, say you take Mahomes, but what if you're in round 10, you have Mahomes and let's say uh, Kyler's there in round 10, like I've tempted sometimes, do I want to take Kyler Murray as a second quarterback or do I want to take a Demarcus Robinson as my fourth, my fourth receiver on the cheat on the chiefs where maybe Kyler has a crazy game and Mahomes has a modest game where they run the ball the whole game, you know? So yeah, there's, there's so many different ways to play it out in your head. <laughs> there really are. And, and I get so much other stuff to Mike, are we up against it or can we go a little bit longer? I know they have the betting show coming up. What's the deal on that? For real? No. Yeah, we could talk two hours on this stuff. <laughs> yeah, all right. We got to come back later this week and let's do a uh, let's do some drafts. Let's do some live drafts on this for sure. Uh, Mike, I- I'm going like a minute. Just give me a second. I'm going like a minute over here. We started late. All right, because um, c- there were a couple of things that that I think we needed to get into here. We talked about stacking. Uh, we talked about how you're approaching teams on buys. These are all really important things. Uh, one or two quarterbacks. Uh, all of that stuff. And um, the, the last thing I wanted to get into is how many running backs and then wide receivers slash tight ends, because that's the same group in this. Are you looking to get to, do you think there is an optimal type build right now for wide receiver, tight end running back and, and quarterback? Uh, I a hundred percent don't think there's an optimal build. I don't think there's an optimal build in the regular season. Best ball. Like it, it's people a, will tell you there is, but yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They'll, they'll, For they'll sure. there, there's probably numbers out there. that proves it slightly in certain ways, but, but I think that it's just such a new concept of fantasy. And that's why it's so intriguing to everyone right now, because there's no right way to do it. There's no wrong way to do it. Well, there's lots of wrong ways, but, but there's so many right ways. There's so many, it's so new. Um, I, 
I think the base, uh, I'm going one quarterback, I'm going three running backs, and I'm going uh, what six six receivers, tight ends. So that that's kind of my base, but I never really stick to that. I would say probably maybe 60%. That's that's how it ends up. But but I think you could also, if you run hot with, you go Josh Allen and Singletary only, and they go to the Super Bowl. You have no other running back. If he stays healthy, you're probably fine, to be honest. You right. can go eight receivers. Like, yeah, so that that makes it so interesting. There's so many different ways. All right. So this has been this has been enlightening. Uh I could keep, yeah, we could keep talking about this, man. I talk about this shit all day. Oh uh, yeah. It's great. And I'm on Twitter anytime. Anyone wants to talk this stuff, I I'll talk all day at, too. At James Brimacombe, B-R-I-M-A-C-O-M-B-E. His Twitter handle's right there under his name. Hit me up at Lafayette underscore D L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D for all of you podcast listeners out there. Remember, use that link, get the hundred dollars when you sign up. Use the promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O. James, we got to do this again later in the week. We'll draft some teams. We'll go through the process. It goes quick. It's a very short clock. There's only six teams. So these drafts, I mean, we could bang out a bunch of these on a single show, no problem. Uh, and we'll try and get an hour next time if you're down for it. Yep, definitely. Count me in. Awesome. James, this has been great, man. Uh, hey, welcome to welcome to the AWESEMO awesome streaming world. Been fun. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. As always, hit that thumbs up on your way out. Subscribe and tell your friends about Awesome. We'll be here all week. Peace.